Welcome to the Informed Parenting and Pregnancy Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. You've tuned into an episode of The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. This is the audio from our YouTube series called The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. Today we're following Megan B. on her birth journey. Megan was really inspirational to meet and work with, and she shares her story openly and honestly. In this episode, you're going to hear her experiences during pregnancy and leading up to childbirth, and join us for the next episode where she shares her birth and post-birth experiences. Meet Megan, originally from North Carolina. She is a marriage and family therapist who calls Nashville home. In one year, just one year, she got married, had a honeymoon, got pregnant, had a baby moon, and is just weeks away from having her first baby. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's been a really busy year for you. Yeah, I'm exhausted just hearing <laughs> me talk <laughs> you about say it. That. Yeah. Um, were you planning to do all of that so no. close to getting no? No. Some of it. Some of it, yeah. But. Not getting licensed as a therapist, not getting pregnant on our honeymoon. Oh, um, well, that happens more often than. Uh, but it happened. People plan yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a big year, but it now kind of that we've had a little time of adjusting to it. Now we're on board with it. <laughs> um, you're one of the most thoroughly researched people I know. When you're going to do something, you really look into all your options, and that struck me. So here you are, pregnant. And uh, getting ready for childbirth. Yep. And lots of people don't even do any research at all. Some people read a little bit, uh, take a class, or watch a documentary. Uh, what did you do? How are you getting ready? I read a lot. I read a lot. And I knew you were going to ask me about researching. And I, I've read so many books just because I'm, I think, one, already psych psychologically minded and interested in knowing that. And also kind of... Like wanting to explore a new avenue of my career also of just maybe oh. even becoming a doula and oh. adding the therapy. Welcome to, to the that. club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You'd be an amazing doula. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be awesome. You bring in just this incredible energy and then multiply that by the research that you do. You'll be... Yeah knowledgeable and also it's kind of like my wife who's your doula yeah. is um she i think that she brings a different, a different element asset. to the table when she really understands the mind-body connection and um and sort of how people tick yeah yeah i i mean i read i brought i wrote a list of books down that i've go for it what'd you, what'd you okay. read <laughs> what'd so you I read and what'd you love so i started with what to expect when you're expecting okay. which was like you know, the one that my mom told me about, the one that other standard. people... Standard. Encyclopedia right? of yeah, everything that exactly. can go wrong during a pregnancy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And then Comforting. I went... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Which I didn't realize that it was pretty fear-based initially because mm. that was like the first book that I started to read. But then when I started to kind of look into more alternative aspects or more holistic like approaches to birth. Then I went into Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Oh, totally different. Yeah. Mindful Mom to Be, which I really liked of like the meditation and just um kind of a mindfulness approach to birth. Are you a meditator before pregnancy? This That's a new. stretch to call okay. me a meditator, but I somewhat. I think meditator is just a stretch all by itself. I'm not <laughs> sure that's true. a real word. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely become um, really important while pregnant. Um, 
Your Pregnancy Your Way, which was a great book. Um, the birth oh, Dr. Partner, Hill. Dr. Hill. Yes, and we did a podcast with we her did. on the Informed Pregnancy <laughs> Podcast. We did, which you just blew me away with kind of her empowering, you know. She's got an MD, they call her like midwife in disguise. She's yeah. very holistic in her approach. Yeah. Um, the Birth Partner, which my husband loved. Um, the Daily Soul Sessions for the Pregnant Mama. Ooh, I don't even know that one. It was, it's just, it's this really short book, It's but it's this day-by-day day kind oh, of like. Oh, what's happening throughout the pregnancy? No, it's like, it's just like a thought for the day. Oh, amazing. Or like a wish for the day, or like help change your attitude, or come on, mama. You, and it's all, it's written by three sisters. So. Oh, I want to check it out. It's pretty awesome. That's a new one for me. Yeah. What else is on your hit list? Birthing from Within. Okay. Love I like that birthing. one. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, parenting from the inside out. For after baby. For comes. after baby. Which mo- almost nobody thinks about that. Yeah. Which I think that's where your wife, Alyssa, helped in doing like the afterbirth. Oh, the afterbirth plan. Yeah. How to not hate each other after the baby comes. Exactly. (laughs) That's the the cliff notes. Yeah, that's my my subtext for it. Um, And the amazing newborn and and a child is born. It's just like both of these books are about right when the baby comes out and how they want to connect and that how important like skin to skin is and just really being in that moment. We're going to put links up. Yeah. We're going to put links and pictures so you can uh, find these books <clears throat> and read them at home. Uh, was there one that was your favorite out of all of them? Hmm. Hard to pick. you got a great it's list. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. I still like Birthing from Within. I think that one really resonated with me of just really kind of getting into your own body, trusting your intuition, trusting that, you know, our bodies figured out how to create this baby. <laughs> You know, and like if I didn't read all of these books, my body would know what my body would know what to do. Yeah, I think sometimes people uh, we we take heat in the natural world because yeah. sometimes the body doesn't know what to do, and and or sometimes things come up that need medical intervention, and um, that's true. That's absolutely true. But most times when you get in your car and you drive from point A to point B, your car just does fine. And if right. if you know indicator lights go on or funny noises start coming out or smoke starts coming out, <laughs> then of course you you do some diagnostics and you figure out what it is. But I think what we're saying is normally you get pregnant. You know, for a lot of people, it's a sperm and egg a beer and then you make this huge child out of it without thinking about it your body just does it and then at the end you squeeze the finished product out through the mail slot it's not uh you know (laughs) mechanically it's you're hardwired for how to do it and sometimes the the more fear we put into it the more uh trouble we cause megan you have an athletic background when we come back we're going to explore what you have been doing to stay physically and mentally healthy during your pregnancy so come back for part two of megan's journey we're just getting started and take a second to like this episode and subscribe below so you can keep up with all the episodes on The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. Megan, you're physically strong, athletic, you love to work out, you're competitive. We have nothing in common. At, uh, <laughs> at what age did you get hooked on exercise and why? And I think one of my first memories of... Um, it was always part of my lifestyle, part of my family's lifestyle. Kind of just grew grew up with it. But one of my first memories was when I was probably like four or five, and I signed up for this soccer. Or my family signed me up for this soccer team, and it was a co-ed team. 
and it turns out there there was one other girl that had signed up but when we got to the field it was just me and the, and guys? the guys oh wow um and i played i played for like three years with them um but it's always been were you always the girl on the team yeah really for three years yeah it was a co-ed team were you a time but well this is four or five so until eight years little. old yeah. yeah you were little but and you're tall how tall yeah. are you now five ten uh, were you tall as a, a yeah. kid also yeah so were you taller than the boys some of them okay so <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of you and also oh, so that's where you got your start i feel yeah. like a lot of people do like when you're little and you go out and find something that you like like and that. i loved it and love soccer. Yeah, I loved soccer, and then it was then it turned into running for me, and then I ended up running in college and running um, as a in like elementary and school. And, yeah, and track and field. Well, not in elementary school. I guess that started in like middle school middle and then school. high school, and then I ran in college, which I loved. Long distance, short distance. That was more kind of like mid distance, like four hundred. So I guess sprint, mid distance, and yeah. then. Um, after that, then that kind of, I never thought I would like. Do you feel good while you're running? Love it. In the it's moment? It's such a high. God, is it's it... painful sometimes. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not pleasant, right. but it's like such a, it's almost like a meditation for me. So you when it's over, you're like, ah, oh, I got to stop now. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't picture that <laughs> at all. And it's like every minute I got to distract myself with Netflix or something. <laughs> Try to convince myself that I'm not running. I love that. And I'm trying to do it with my kids. I try to get them yeah. out more. And like, I don't really like roller coasters. So when I take them, I smile and pretend like I do and hope that they will. <laughs> so when I go out and I'm exercising with them or playing sports with them outside, I'm sort of, hey, come on, this is going right. to be a lot of fun. But I'm really trying to convince myself, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's physical health. I know that you struggled um, with mental health also mm -hmm. growing up. Yeah. Tell me more about that. My parents divorced when I was two. Um, oh, wow. So when I was really little, and I started going to therapy when I was really young. Um, so therapy has always been a part of my life, personally, and then like obviously as, now as a professionally. toddler? As a toddler, yeah. And I, most of my memories there were drawing art, and I... That's what I ended up majoring in college was Art? illustration. Oh, really? Um, we should talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Um, and so... Is that therapeutic for you as well? Yeah, super therapeutic for so me. So you have to run and then come home and draw. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like different different creative aspects. But sure. Kind of, they have a lot of overlap too, I think. Um, but, you know, so there was some, you know, kind of foundation laid in early childhood of, you know, lots of feelings and figuring out how to, um, handle those feelings. And, um, in college was when it was kind of came to a head and a lot of things were going on in my life. And, um, my grandmother had ovarian cancer who I'm really close to. And my mom, who I'm extremely close to was understandably caring for oh, her. Oh, your mother's mother. Yeah. My mom's mom. Um, and my roommate was really sick with an eating disorder who I was trying to help care for, um, not in a good relationship, um, wow. romantic relationship. That's and, a lot at once. Yeah. And running track and then, um, well, then running I, track is good. It's running the, track like, was like my saving life. grace and it was the most, like the highlight of my day. And when, when that, um, 
I got hurt. I got a back injury and disc injury and had to stop running. And that was kind of what um, was like the kicker into pretty serious depression. Oh, you lost your, you lost your escape. Yeah. I lost my coping, coping skill. Um, So it was, it was hard. I ended up taking a semester off of school and um, that kind of started another journey of trying to figure out how to get back to me, um, how to find and kind of recreate myself again. Um, but it was, it was pretty dark at times, you know, um, like after I took a semester off, I, um, I ended up, you know, taking a bunch of pills and found myself in, in the hospital of not wanting to die but wanting relief and not not knowing at the time how to um cope other than trying to really like want some quiet time and that was my at that time I thought okay I can just kind of check out here for a bit check Um, out of life check out of check out of life it was just too much did you go to the hospital on your own went to the hospital Um, I was at home when, um, I think my relationship with my mom and how close we were was the ultimate reason why I ended up telling her what I did and she rushed me to the hospital and, um, I ended up being like 15 minutes away from liver failure. So it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, scary, needless to say. Sure. What was the experience like in the hospital? How old were you? Mm. You were in college. I was um, 19. Wow. 19. It was terrifying. I mean, it was, you know, of course, looking back, I um, have, it seems so far away for, for me now, you know, like talking about it now, it's like lifetimes ago, but it was such a crazy experience of being grateful that I spoke up but then when I got to the hospital it was such a powerless kind of okay out of control feeling of you know I talked to my doctor on the way over there and he said you've done you've done all you can you know you've you saved your life essentially by speaking up and got to the hospital and people were rushing in before got out of the car and stomach pumped and you know my mom's crying and I'm crying and you know I remember sitting sitting up you know like with with the tube and down to my stomach thinking I'm just praying that this isn't isn't my time and you didn't want to die I didn't not at all need a little break. not at all not at all and I didn't you know, it was really kind of waking up that next day. I'll never forget of, you know, looking at life with a complete, it was like the first time I've saw the trees and saw the sky and saw my mom and, you know, it was. Life with different eyes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank you for sharing that because uh, so many people struggle with mental health and don't talk about it and then yeah. we all end up feeling alone yeah <laughs> and um you've 
obviously come such a long way from there and um, all those experiences that we have shape who we are. So I know that you can never get rid of those experiences, but in your case, you seem to learn from them. So um, we'll be back and find out more um, about you and your pregnancy and how you're doing now. Okay. Welcome back to The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. We are back with Megan. And uh, last time you shared information about your mental health history. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really fascinating to me uh, because when I met you, I had zero idea. You, There's mm-hmm. no way to tell. Um, and it's not because, I don't think it's because you, you work at hiding it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because you've worked through it. And um, because you're kind of an open book, you yeah. just say what's on your mind and what you're feeling. So it's not like you're hiding it. How did you get from there to here? A lot of work, a lot of therapy, a lot of uh, running, a lot of meditation, a lot of um, finding a really good, strong support system, knowing, talking to other people who have had depression and mental illness and picking their brain about what what has worked but really I think mainly it's been getting to know myself on a deeper level and like learning to trust myself that I'm okay just the way I am it's as you say that I sort of feel like (laughs) I want to get to know myself better I almost never have time for Mm. getting to hang out with me um (laughs) It, it kind of seems like something that we should all do. Yeah. I'm, of course, I'm biased. I'm a therapist. Yeah, you, so uh, it's of like course. I've got different lenses on, but yeah. Well, did that, I mean, I, I imagine those experiences sort of pushed you in that direction. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was kind of clear. Like, oh, okay, we started my life in this kind of forum of kind of talking things through and building relationships. And um, I love people. I love helping other people and I you know to me I my grandfather one has told me a number of times but you kind of people either kind of start out in life and have like the hard stuff in the beginning of life and then they can kind of like work through it and like the easy stuff is kind of middle to the end of life yeah or it's sometimes the opposite opposite, yeah and I feel like I was the latter of like let's get this hard stuff out of the way and I just, I, I appreciate where I am today. That seems like your personality anyway. It. Let's like just take the bulls by the horns, <laughs> yeah. move past it and, and yeah. enjoy what's behind it. Yeah. So. Also, when I go to a personal trainer, I like to go to someone who's like, you know, fit. And, Let's do and this. Especially right? if they started off not fit and they had this transformation, <laughs> right. like they've lived it. So yeah. I sort of feel like you bring that gift with you into your uh, therapy, into your clients. Yeah. Um, you are, you must do more than working out, uh, just running because you have to do other workouts. The first time we shook hands, you almost broke mine. (laughs) You're strong. Um, and I say that jokingly, but it's like chiropractors sometimes have a really, or massage therapists have a strong Mm. handshake. That's what it, like when I go to those weekend conventions, it's strong handshake, (laughs) strong handshake. And then when you came into the office, it was a handshake. And I was like, whoa, chiropractor, (laughs) but you're a therapist. I'm a therapist. So what other types of workout do you do? Um, I love spinning. Hmm. Um, I love, I don't do it that much, but I love just like being in the ocean, um, being in the water. Um, I used to swim, not as much now, but I, I did for a while. 
um, yoga, although that's been kind of like a newer found love. With the pregnancy? With the pregnancy. There's also community there. Yeah, exactly. There's good support in a And lot I of stopped ways. running when I got pregnant. So, because it intuitively. Yeah, I did, which was a really, that was a workout in and of itself, a mental workout of trying to figure out how I can still kind of get that runner's well, high, if you well, will. Exactly. But, I mean, in college, when you stopped running, it was not good. Yeah. So you replaced it with other things yeah. like yoga. So I and, walk a lot um, and yoga. And that's been, I think, not only, it, that's really kind of calmed my mind and helped me know that there's a community out there you know you're tall so you're you can't really hide in a crowd no. and um <laughs> when you're you're pregnant you can't really hide in a crowd nope. so being tall and pregnant you really <laughs> can't hide in a crowd does that make you more aware of yourself and as your body changes um how do you feel sure i mean it was it was hard it was hard i think initially in the beginning especially before i um wasn't showing you know, I could feel it because I'm connected to my body so much, but no one else knew that you were pregnant. That I was pregnant. And you weren't really showing. And I wasn't really showing, really showing until about probably like fifth or sixth month. Wow. Uh, I think it was about fifth month that I was like, okay. But of course, I saw it in like the third month or the fourth, you know, of yeah. like, but. Um, I guess that's also because you're tall, you show a little bit later. Yeah. And fit. So the baby yeah. has to break through. Yeah, but it's it's a change. But I, what's interesting is that like I love the bigger that I'm getting. <laughs> you do. I do. So never you never looked at it and felt like ugh. No, sometimes I do. It yeah. goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways because it's you know I was cer I was used to my body looking feeling a certain way before I was like in the best shape of my life right you know before the. Before the wedding, and oh, right. you know, it was like, all right, that was just this year. let's get wedding, <laughs> and then let's get married, and then let's go to Italy. And when we got back from Italy, I knew I was pregnant. So it was... I feel like I would have a bump just coming back from Italy because <laughs> the food is so good. <laughs> totally. Uh, okay, so I know that you, so you kind of go both ways with that belly and yeah. just your shape in general. Yeah. Um, at some point, you said, "I am going to the beach." And I am proud of my bump, and I'm going to wear my bump. Yeah. Tell me about that. I, I'm on Instagram. I follow a bunch of kind of empowering pregnancy, um, I want to say podcasts, but just kind of blogs or, you know, what have you of, of just really embracing your body, embracing this baby, being proud of who you are, who this baby is, and, you know, my belief is he chose me to be his mom, you know, and so I want to show him off. Um, and so I went to the beach um, and that actually happened the first time that I was walking um, without, you know, a top on or a bikini was in when we went to Hawaii for our baby moon. And that was a big deal for me because... You would, I would get looks of, oh my gosh, you know, you have a belly and you're not covering it up. And then, but a lot of times I would get, you know, you're glowing, you're, this is beautiful, good, you know, congratulations, God bless you, you know, and that was so. So you got shock and yeah. also 
praise. Yeah. Like people really yeah. complimented you. Yeah. And then you did it. And at then home. we came back. Then we came back from the baby moon and I was like, all right. <laughs> I, I feel good, you know, and so I was walking my dog on the um, boardwalk, and it was a really hot day, had my sports bra and shorts on, and walking along, and, you know, had just passed a couple, and both the, you know, man and woman looked at me, and they were like, you, you look beautiful, like, you're, I love your bump, the woman said, I love your bump. It's so nice. Yeah, it's so nice. Like, there's nothing like that feeling. And then, like, five minutes later, a guy passed me on a bike and glared, looked down, glared at my belly and said, that's disgusting. Ooh. And that was... I, and of course, my dog decided at the time to go to the bathroom right at that moment. <laughs> oh, no. So I was like more occupied and shocked of. I think your dog was making a statement. Exactly. That's what he thought, <laughs> That's right? Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a, that was, I'd never had that happen. Pregnant or not, someone tell me. Of course. I mean. That me I, is disgusting, you know. Um, how did it make you feel? I was mad, but I was so um, blown away at, like, how quickly it happened and how it was such a different experience than, you know, a lot of the comments I've gotten of, wow, that's so beautiful, you're so beautiful, the bump is so beautiful, that it really kind of challenged me to say, you know what, like, to me that either the ignorance was disgusting not i'm not disgusting you yeah. know and really wanting to even dig my heels in even more and um embrace my lumps you know like embrace all the bumps and That's, that might um, be my um autobiography <laughs> embrace my lumps <clears throat> uh well, I know you posted that picture on social media I and did. you got a lot of support and feedback on social media. And uh, <laughs> it's something that we hear all the time, even fully dressed, just out in public, how people make comments about, oh, you must, you feel terrible, you yeah. you look so giant, are you having twins? Um, so I'm not sure why it becomes socially okay to, right? to cross those normal boundaries yeah. um, verbally or physically. People sometimes come up and just... Uh, yeah touch pregnant women who you would think you want to build a bigger little personal boundary around right. a pregnant woman. But, um, I would say this, have you gotten comments during your pregnancy, um, that either were complimentary or made you feel bad, share them with us and be a part of the conversation. And we're going to come back with Megan for part four. Megan, we talked about how you're this major researcher. You've read a lot of books. You've talked to people. You've joined communities. You've watched uh, documentaries, listened to podcasts. You you uh, put your effort in in making a decision. And there are so many choices, especially in Los Angeles, on where you have your baby and who your provider is. Yeah. You can have your baby at home, at a hospital, at a birthing center with a midwife, with an obstetrician, or, you know, out of the norm here, we have the option to have an obstetrician at home or a midwife at the mm -hmm. hospital. Where did you land on your choice? It was a journey of figuring out, figuring it out. Um, but I ultimately decided hospital, um, with the help of a doula and my husband obviously will be there. Um, and my doctor. Um, but it didn't, 
I initially started thinking hospital, um, but there was quite a period of, you know, exploring home birth, and I'm frankly still interested in it. So our my husband and my agreement is this one will be hospital, next baby will take two, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll start from there. So. We've had babies at home and at the hospital, and yeah. we have no regrets on any of our experiences. Uh, I didn't even know home birth was an option mm. when we got pregnant. I thought it was only for tree-hugging, Prius-driving, vegan <laughs> yeah. hippies. But then I see in my practice, you have all these, like, lawyers and doctors having yeah. babies at home. And, and just really, you know, they say too posh to push about Hollywood. But then I <laughs> see these celebrities having babies at home. And it's just really, it's a small percentage. It's only about 2% of babies yeah. are born out of the hospital, but it's a really diverse group of people doing mm. it. And uh, we loved our first two birth experiences. The third one was great too. It was just, it, by that time, the the difference, because my wife and I are both doulas, and yeah. the difference between seeing home birth and hospital birth and knowing that we were great candidates for it and also now had more space because we were living in like this 900-square-foot shack with a two-year-old and four-year-old. So. Right. We thought hospital might be a better choice <laughs> just for some sanity. Um, but then after that, um, we had our home birth and it was great. Mm. So it's, you know, you know, you might have this hospital know, experience right? and love it and want to do another right. one. You might love it and still want to try home birth next time. Right. Who knows? That'll be exciting when you come back and tell us how everything went. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but you went to do, because you're having your baby at the hospital, you went yeah. to do a hospital tour. You, of course, did it earlier than most people. I did. Because you're a researcher. I did. And um, what happened for you on the hospital tour? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, I joked with my friends before, like my, my dad's a doctor, my stepdad's in the medical, in like medical field, my, everyone in my family's in medical. medicine. Yeah. So I thought that I was actually more comfortable with the medical field than it turns out. I was, and what happened is my husband and I went to tour the hospital, and beautiful, beautiful, I almost said beautiful home. Beautiful home. Beautiful home. It is kind of homey. Kind of. um, Beautiful hospital. And um, as soon as we started the tour, I got, I just shut down. I, like, closed up. I got really quiet, and my husband thought I was mad at him, which I wasn't. (laughs) It had nothing to do with him. But um, what ended up, what I ended up figuring out is that, you know, the memories of being in the hospital so young um, that I shared with you about, all of those memories came back, like, and I just closed up. And yeah. um, You talked I, about in your second episode how you yeah. um, went in, you took medications and and got there just in the nick of time. Yeah. And, um, and it was not a good experience for no. you at the hospital. It was like a life or death experience versus... I'm not sick. I'm having a baby, right? right. Like, let, let's celebrate. But it's hard to separate that from your your hard. subconsciousness, like yeah. walking in there again. Um, are are there things that you're doing? Because I know at that point you you looked at home birth um, and you settled. You came to terms with finding your comfort zone at the hospital. Are there things that you're doing to make it feel different for you than going in as a sick person? Yeah. Um, after the after the tour, we decided. Um, cause I want to have a natural and medicated birth. Um, that's my preference. Mm-hmm. Um, my ideal preference, but I'm, you know, we'll see, right? Like I'm, I'm more okay now that 
unexpected things can happen. But that's that's my goal. Sure. And so in order to achieve I think it's that, a great outlet to have a plan, a vision, <clears throat> and aim for it. And then just like, again, with the wedding, you just kind of let it go when right. you get there. So we have a doula, Alyssa. My wife. Your wife. Yeah. I highly recommend her. What a rad her. lady. She's, uh, great. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> um, so we're working with her. Um, and we're working on kind of claiming the space as our own of bringing flameless candles or bringing music. I'm getting, um, a labor gown that's, so I don't have to wear kind of like the hospital, the hospital scrubs. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, well, yeah, it um, makes a big difference when you yeah, see yourself of like, okay, I'm not sick. I'm having a baby. Like it's his, it's his birthday. So you're, it sounds you like know? you're playing like home birth at the hospital. We're trying to is make what it. what people say. Yeah. So I want to late. We want to labor at home as long as we can, um, and we live thankfully very close to the hospital. So, you know, my goal is to make it at home as long as I can, and then get to the hospital and meet him. Sounds like a we'll great see. plan. And your doctor, <laughs> your doctor, cool with the plan. My doctor's super cool with the plan and encourages me to stay at home. As stay long at as home for a while and just come yeah. for the big finish. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah. But before we get there, you guys went on an awesome baby moon. You we talked did. about it briefly. When we come back, I want to find out more about your baby moon. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any episodes. And share us with your friends. Not only, Megan, did you have a honeymoon this year, you also had a baby moon. Where did you guys go? We went to Maui. In oh, Hawaii. Another great choice. It was amazing. Had you been there before? Actually, when my mom was pregnant with me. Oh, wow. So yeah. you had been there in utero. Yeah. Technically, I had been there, but I didn't remember much. History repeats itself. Yeah. Nice. Um, now, how many months pregnant were you when you went? It was 30 weeks, so... Oh, yeah. So, like, towards the end, last yeah. decade. I wanted to. I wanted to wait for as long as I could. I feel like 30 weeks is, is, for a lot of people, it's like big to travel. Did you feel big traveling? I felt excited. I was like, this is my last kind of like big hurrah. You guys you know, are before. a really sweet couple. <laughs> I think so. I don't know if it's just because it's your first bit. year, but <laughs> like the way you talk about each other makes me feel bad about myself. I'm like, honey, we, we, this is how we get relationship goals. <laughs> um, and I love my wife. We have an amazing relationship. Yeah. We're married over twenty years. Well, that's our that's our goal. Hey, we can we can swap secrets. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I feel like I'm I get the hang of it sometimes now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you guys do while you were there? How long oh were you gosh, in Maui? We did all sorts of stuff. We were there about ten days. Oh, nine nice days. Trip. Yeah. Um, it was whale season there. We got we caught the tail end of whale season, birthing and mating season, which oh, was pretty how appropriate. Awesome. Um, what so do they do? They would jump and just play um, right outside our hotel. Like we didn't just from your window. Yeah, yeah. We like walked out the first day and how big saw are they? Uh, huge. They're humpback giant? whales. Wow. I mean, they look small relative, like where you're, you're standing. Far away, you're yeah. far away, but you're like, you know, I don't know. I'm not good at distance, but you're, you're far away from them. Yeah. Um, so we snorkeled, we, uh, uh, hiked. Was it hard to, I mean, your buoyancy changes. Yeah. But the water felt so good. Did you feel different in it? 
Yeah. I mean, I floated. More floating. <laughs> I had the opposite. One time I juiced for four months. <laughs> yeah. I lost 120 pounds and I jumped in the pool and I was like, oh, yeah, I hit the bottom so fast. I thought I was going to die. So you had the opposite experience. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I could the, float. just not having the weight on. I mean, it was like the best feeling oh, the weightlessness. ever. Um, we paddle boarded, which was my highlight of my trip. Are yeah. you are you paddle boarders? No. This was new for you? This was, I hadn't paddle boarded. Neither of us had paddle boarded in years. And I was like, I wasn't thinking that I was going to necessarily get up. I was thinking, all right, I'll maybe I'll sit or kneel on the paddle board. And, but what happened is when we got the boards and the paddles, the guy kind of questioned <laughs> if ability? I could do it. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? If I fall... I'm just falling You're in this in clear blue water with some turtles. I don't think I can. There's not like a. You nothing a, bad can happen. You made a game this. day decision. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. It. How did, did it feel? Was amazing. it hard to do? It was amazing. It was like the most empowering thing. Because I said, right before I stood up, I was like, all right, you can totally do this. Just focus. All right. So I focused on a spot. And I got up, and I had the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> and um, we have pictures of it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to share the yeah. pictures with you online. Yeah. Uh, you're giving me hope that I might be able to paddleboard totally paddle one day. Board. I never tried it because I thought with the giant belly, it's not going to be possible. It's but possible. you've proved me wrong. <laughs> I just need to be as fit as you are with the giant belly. <laughs> what uh, Was that the highlight of your trip? Yeah. it was, and, and just being with my husband. I mean, I think it... You know, we got married, we got pregnant so fast that I think a challenging part of being pregnant is not wanting to share him yet, not being, not feeling ready to share him and You've had the changes. so much in a year. It's been huge changes. So. I and mean, you haven't even known each other that long yeah. and to have all that transition, you guys are both really relaxed yeah. for all that's going on. I think because we're both grateful that we both waited until we found the right person so it seems we we both believe that we'll fi we'll figure it out i do believe that you know is even though we're both nervous about after the bait you know we're nervous about delivery we're nervous about how you know bringing a newborn in will affect our relationship and everything but i think we've gone through enough so far that I feel we like figured it out. in that sense, you're a marriage and family therapist, yeah. so you know that the relationship goes through a period of change. Yeah. And your doula is a, a psychologist who's a therapist, cool. and her whole thing is the afterbirth plan on And we did that, for, which was super helpful. Yeah, pre-thinking what's going to happen then. So I feel like you put a lot more effort into it than other people, and you know what's coming, so it probably won't scare you the same way yeah. or strain you the same way. We're not way. expecting it to be a walk in the park. Rosie, smiles. Yeah. We have a no. baby. We're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs sleep? We're hoping for amazing moments, but we know that we'll be exhausted. Well, I know you'll have amazing moments. And you're going to come share them with us <laughs> on The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. Welcome back to The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. We're here with Megan for part six. And Megan, spontaneously, the other day I called you and um, you picked up the phone sounding a little frazzled, which is not so <laughs> like you. And I said, what's the matter? And you said, I just got out of my breastfeeding class yeah. 
And it was so much information and things I don't know. I hope I remember it all. It's overwhelming. It was. It was so much information. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it was... um, So we've taken classes. We've taken... We took like a baby care 101 class, learning how to, you know, change a diaper and swaddle and basics of feeding. We took a CPR class, an infant safety class. And then the breastfeeding class, it was like so much information, but it was you know, it felt like a formula of, not formula, literal formula, formula, right? It, yeah. But like, but it felt like, okay, now, you know, every three hours, there was just a lot of numbers, right? To remember. Um, and to me, I kind of walked out thinking, oh my gosh, this seems more, you know, overwhelming than just listening intuitively and like, all right, remembering the basic things of I feel like these classes to a large degree you want you sort of walk in because this is a type of test you've never taken before right like part four of the chiropractic boards is an exam where they have actors sitting in a room acting out certain diseases and (laughs) it it, you can't study for a test like that without test preparation because you have no idea of the nature of the test and I feel like childbirth education because we sometimes do classes like that is to sort of make you feel like you're not showing up to a test grossly underprepared but at the same time it's kind of like teaching someone to drive right Right. when they leave they're not going to be a good driver they're gonna not kill anybody right Right. but they're gonna learn on their own out in the field so it's hard balance and it's really hard even as an individual to give you enough information to make you feel confident but not so much information that you overthink everything and that you constantly doubt yourself that's hard with just one-on-one or one-on-two but in a class it's even harder because everybody has different needs and asking questions right of like you know different stuff that you hadn't hadn't thought about and also like you haven't met your baby yet right so they're going they're giving you information which is you know feed your baby every three hours and that's assuming you know again back to kind of like the mathematical formula of It almost reminds me of pushing. Do you know how you're going to push? With help and coaching. Maybe. I want coaching. Do you? I think so. But then I think it... Here's the crazy thing. My observation. Yeah. Going to a lot of birth. At the hospital, we almost always, there's a lot of coaching. Mm -hmm. At home, sometimes there isn't, sometimes there isn't. But they wait. Those midwives wait Mm -hmm. and see if you ask for coaching or if you sort of need coaching. Right. A lot of times they just wait to see what you do. You naturally, instinctively do. And you naturally get into a position different mm-hmm. for everybody. Some people on their back, some people on their side, some people squatting or all on all right. fours. You just end up in this position and you end up pushing in your mm-hmm. own style. Sometimes it's the kind of coaching we would give you right. if you're asking for coaching. Sometimes it's wildly different. Right. But as long as it's progressing, things look right, why would we tell you how we think you should push? Yeah. And I think the first thing I said to you when you sounded frazzled about the breastfeeding (laughs) class was like, you know, the animals don't take a class, right? (laughs) Totally. Right? The elephants figure it out. The dogs, the cats, the lions, the tigers, everybody figures it out with no class. And I do think, I know it's hardwired in you, right? You took a sperm and egg and a beer and made a child out of it uh, without thinking about it at all. 
Right. And the same hardwiring is in you to sort of feed your child or push your baby out. And I think it's great to, you've surrounded yourself with people who can help you and you've gotten some information. So again, it's not a test. You have no idea how to go into it, but you're normally just figure this out with your baby. Yeah. And that was really helpful to hear you say that. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, wait, can we, could we have, like, started the class by just saying, like, you know, all mammal, like, no animals watch a, you know, instructional video on how to breastfeed, right? right. They don't even have the app to tell them which boob. <laughs> right. It's just they know right. it intuitively. Right. You know? Right. So I feel like you especially, because it's hard for you to get that balance, you crave the information and you want to do it perfectly and be the best mom you can to this baby. But part of that means just surrendering, relaxing, trusting your instincts. And if you need help, you, you have it around you. Right. You can go back to your notes or call a buddy or call a lactation specialist. It's all available to you. Right. Was there a highlight from that class that you felt like, oh, that's something I didn't know. That's nice to know. I think that um, where we're delivering is very pro, you know, pro breastfeeding. Baby friendly hospital. Baby friendly hospital, yeah. which was really important for me. I wonder me. what you know, the opposite of that right? is. Right? Scary. <laughs> um, but they're pro skin to skin. They're pro, you know, they they want they want you to succeed. And I don't even like saying that word succeed and, and equating well, your, it to that. Your goal is you want a healthy start yeah. to breastfeeding and they yeah. want that for you too. Yeah. And so whereas hospital policy used to be, we take your baby away, we wash them, we test them, we do all right. sorts of things. Your hospital puts them on you. As long as everything looks good, right. they put them on you so you guys could bond for a while before they do any of that. Yeah. Which is great. And, and, and my take is, is like, you know, when I'm in the right mind frame of like remembering just, you know, let's see how it goes before we, there's help out there and there's support out there, but it might be fine. I'm going to send you a picture of a nursing rhino that I took at a safari. Just, just as a reminder. remind you, like, all right. I before I start. Okay, look at the rhino. Uh, you're 37 weeks. 36 today. Oh, yeah. 36 you're 36 weeks. weeks not to, you're in the final stretch, yeah. no pun intended. We may get you back <laughs> before you have the baby, and we may not. But um, today, you're, how are you feeling today in the last one month ago? I'm, I'm more tired than I was a month ago. But I'm excited. I'm like, each day, you know, it's like, is, you know, is today going to be the day that I'm going to meet this little guy? You know, I think I'm, I'm so grateful that you're, pre- I'm pregnant, we're, women are pregnant for, you know, 10 months, not nine months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's 10 months to get prepared, you know, because I definitely wasn't. Uh, my husband wasn't when we found out, you know, and it, it's been a, it's been a kind of a continuum of just kind of getting more ready. And then we, you know, we get nervous and scared and, um, we just had our baby shower this past weekend. And so just feeling really loved and supported being around our family, um, and friends, it was, I'm kind of, you know, still on cloud nine a bit from, from your shower. Yeah. And just getting excited of like, all right, it's, it could be, it could be any time well, now. I love working with both of you guys and I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Uh, we will come back with Megan possibly before she has the baby <laughs> and possibly afterwards. In order not to miss it, subscribe and we will see you soon.
Megan, you are in your 38th week of pregnancy. You're in the zone. And at this point, a lot of people just say, like, put a fork in me. <laughs> I am done. How are you feeling? I feel good. Which I'm, like, hearing myself say it sounds a little surprising. Um, I'm definitely feeling more kind of pelvic pressure and some pain here and there. But overall, I'm just, I love, I love being pregnant. It's, I, I, I don't love all the moments of being pregnant, but as like... What does that whole, mean, all the moments? Well, because there's some moments of just, you know, you're changing body, all of these different kind of body sensations that I've never experienced before being my first pregnancy and um, just kind of getting used to this new, like, evolving ever-changing are you saying like ache and pain sensations or like yeah. can't see your feet sensations <laughs> both. <Or> both. <laughs> both do you miss your toes not really no i mean i it would be you know what i miss is being able to put my shoes on easier but i think after you have the baby you're gonna miss somebody holding your book for you totally right totally. isn't that an added benefit yeah yeah so but you don't feel like like oh i gotta get this baby out of me i'm like i can't wait to meet him i'm really excited to meet this little guy you know and i also it dawned on me like a few days ago like wait a minute this is such a temporary kind of fleeting time and time just seems to be speeding up that i think imagining wait a minute in you know two and a half weeks two weeks three weeks Tomorrow, tonight, you yeah. know, like it could in the next be... six minutes. <laughs> right. Who knows? Right. That would be, that would be a first. I think it would be a first for the real midwife. <laughs> yeah. And we happen to have a midwife in the studio tonight. <laughs> yeah. so no problem. That's good. That's yeah. good. We're ready. And I brought a towel. So yeah. Perfect. We're good. Um, do you feel like? Because I think that at the I'm, at the end when people get so uncomfortable, I'm yeah. almost relieved a little bit because then when the baby comes out, they're so happy the baby's out. Yeah. And a little sad that the baby's not in. Yeah. Do you start to think about what that might feel like? It when the baby's out. Yeah. Or totally. Not I mean, in. I, yeah, not in. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, I've wondered if I'll miss. Like, I'm appreciating how easy it is to go to the store, go like. Oh, and everything's on autopilot. Yeah. I remember, maybe four days after we had three days, even our first yeah. kid. And there was all this crying and poop to clean up and, and stuff. And I was like, I cannot believe this was just all happening. Like the baby was fed. Yeah. And nobody's nipples were sore. <laughs> right. The baby was like excreting and it was all handled. Right. And, you know, there was no crying or anything like that. It was just amazing how that was all so smooth and handled. And now yeah. it's just like total chaos. Yeah. I'm nervous about that. Like hearing you talk about that, it's like, oh gosh, it's getting really real, you know, of like just the spontaneity of my husband and I being able to watch a show without, you know, feeding or crying or not even watching a show. Right? I haven't watched like a show quiet. in 13 years. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's not true. I've watched two. Um, do you feel like the baby's moving more or less as you get closer? More. More movements? Bigger more. movements? Stronger, bigger and like, stronger movements. So he takes after you. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of physical activity going yeah. on there. Yeah. Training. Are you still working out? Still working out. Did yoga and walked today. And is um, it prenatal yoga? Prenatal yoga. Are you are you almost like the next one to go? Yeah. Which I was just talking to one of my friends who, actually a 
friend who was there Monday just had her baby today. Oh, wow. And so it just feels like I never thought that I would be like one of the oldest ones or right. one of the one. Most, I was just like a little freshman in the prenatal <laughs> yoga. And now I'm feel like I'm about to graduate. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. Have you been doing um, mementos, like really pregnant mementos, so that you have this to remember down the road, like a maternity photo shoot or yeah. belly casting? We haven't done belly casting. We did a maternity photo shoot, which was pretty fun. And um, at our home and like, We've been in full-on nest mode of, like, getting... That's a real thing. Nesting? Right. Nesting. Both of you? Both of us. Yeah. My husband's, like, hunter-gatherer mode, which he Ooh. kind of usually is anyway, but now that we have a baby on the way, it's, like, full-on bow and arrow. Are you, do you think you're going to do <laughs> belly casting? Have you thought about it? I've thought about it. Hmm. Maybe we can get your belly cast. That would be cool. I think it's neat to look back. People like paint them and hang them yeah. on the wall. There's one lady that makes a bowl out of it. She makes a glass bowl out <sighs> of your awesome. belly. Um, yeah. That would be cool. And we're going to we get to see some of your maternity shots. Mm -hmm. Was it fun? It was awesome. It was awesome. It was the same photographer, actually, that we have for our wedding. So we already knew him. And he just, he's super easy. And he usually doesn't do maternity shoots, but... He's a great guy, and he... Did you did you get him back? Yeah. You like yeah. him? You're yeah. happy with it? Yeah, we're happy with him. I remember nesting, because you mentioned nesting. <clears throat> I feel like I did it more than my wife. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I never had this. I don't really care about my house at all. And then before <laughs> the baby came, I was just going to Home Depot, and I'm yeah. not the Home Depot type. I'm like call for help type. Yeah. And uh, I'm in the Home Depot pushing around a thing, <laughs> wandering in, almost feels like the desert. Uh, you know, you can't even pick up the stuff in there and put it in the cart. But you feel like you need to have it. I just, I was like, yeah, we should get some plywood. I don't know why. <laughs> just <laughs> in case. Yeah, just in case. Just in and case. in fact, when labor started, she started having contractions <laughs> like seven or eight minutes apart. I had this concept that I was going to put up shelves before the baby came. <laughs> and it was two weeks before the due date. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go to Home Depot. And she, so I was getting my keys. I was an idiot. I was getting my keys and everything. I was like, we can't have the baby before the shelves go up. Right. Where are we going to put the baby? Uh, <laughs> shelving. <laughs> Anyways, is there, what kind of nesting things are you guys doing? <laughs> putting up shelves. Oh, you are? Actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. And We're putting up shelves, doing the nursery. We redid our um, redid our patio and put turf down so we would have like a little, a little grass area. area for the little guy. And um, hanging art that we've had in our place for but a while. Up. But not up. Is your nursery ready? Like Nursery's you, ready. It's all set. Clothes are washed. Is that eerie? Like just an empty nursery? It's actually kind of comforting. You like it. I like it. Because it's ready. Uh, it's ready. It's just like, okay, we're, if he, whenever he comes, it's. We didn't buy anything before he came. You didn't? Nothing. Not even a car seat. We just, nothing. It's part of, like, traditionally we don't yeah. buy stuff before the kid comes. But right. it's chaos. I mean. Oh, it's crazy. Just, as soon as the baby was out, I was like, oh, I got to go get the car seat. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, honey. <laughs> and, sh and shelves. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you viewing at home, how did you feel at 38 weeks? And what were you doing? Did you have any interesting nesting habits? Uh, go ahead and write in our comments below. And don't forget to subscribe because Megan's getting really close and you don't want to miss this.
We are back with Megan. She's in her 38th week, which is early term. The baby could come tonight or in the next month. <laughs> it's that iffy time. And uh, you mentioned to me recently that you're trying to visualize some of the elements of what the birth might be like. Yeah. And then you asked about uh, pushing. What might pushing feel like? Although I've been to a lot of births and seen a lot of pushing, I really couldn't tell you what pushing feels like. <laughs> so we brought in an expert, and the expert we have is midwife Mariposa Oxenberg from Birthwell. Welcome to The Real Midwives. Thank you, Dr. Berlin. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I was, uh, I really, I had the joy of attending a birth with you very recently. It was awesome, and um, it was filmed from, like, six different camera angles or something like that for a documentary. And I was really focused on her most of the time, but for periods of time, I was wondering how my balding spot looked from camera number three. It's <laughs> a little challenging. Um, let's go. You are CNM, a certified nurse midwife. I am. So tell me, because there's different kinds of midwives. Tell me about CNM. What's the training like, and how long have you been doing it? Well, um, the training for a CNM is to have a nursing background, a degree as a registered nurse, um, registered nurse license, and then a master's in in science and nurse midwifery. Um, and then um, there are also professional midwives, um, certified professional midwives, and licensed midwives. And I always um, say that you don't have to be a nurse to be a good midwife. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but I chose to do that that training, that background, because um, it was the best for me. And how long have you been practicing? So I've been helping women have babies for about 20 years now. That's as, it. Um, yeah. You're getting the hang of it? <laughs> but as a nurse midwife for about seven. Okay. In my own home birth practice, yeah. So you've been around a lot of pushing. A lot of pushing, yes. Mm -hmm. So when it, when it <laughs> comes to pushing, I see in different settings, and even sometimes mm -hmm. in the same setting, such a wide gamut of what happens mm -hmm. when labor gets to that point, the point of pushing. People seem to get excited, right? They do. Uh, and I'm like, they start do? screaming. They do. They do. <laughs> people get really excited. Really? You know what? Normally, people have never had a baby come to the office, and that's the part they're worried about. Like, well, oh, no, what about the pushing? i got to have an epidural for the pushing. But uh, women who have done unmedicated childbirth usually tell me the pushing is kind of exhilarating. And you do see the energy come up. Sometimes if there's a playlist, it's the fast playlist that comes on. It's the excited, happy playlist that comes on for pushing. And sometimes it seems to take 20 minutes. Sometimes it seems to take five or six hours. Um, and But what I was going to say is that I see just a, a wide gamut on coaching that midwives and doctors give and nurses, labor and delivery nurses give when it comes to pushing. Sometimes, and the most memorable births I have, like, in a, touch me in a really memorably beautiful way, is where there's no coaching at all. Mm -hmm. She just kind of gets mm -hmm. up to pushing. There's not even, like, a big fanfare, okay, we're ready to push. She just sort of feels the urge mm -hmm. and gets into whatever position mm -hmm. seems right to her. She's not talking exactly. about it or thinking about it. And then when she feels like pushing, she does, and when she doesn't, she doesn't. And and it's usually at home with a midwife, and the midwife's just hanging out. I'm like, what are you, like, meditating or 
Aren't you going to coach it all? And it just never happens. She just finds her groove and does it herself. To the other extreme where sometimes it's a very calculated, okay, now take a deep breath and clear it out, breathe all the way in, push, 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 and we're counting. Everybody's counting and somebody, everybody's holding a leg, this leg and that leg, and it's just this very mechanical, calculated thing. So, Or they tell you to wait till the doctor comes to put that's a totally separate thing which is like the sometimes the labor and delivery nurse's job is to make sure the doctor gets there before the baby's out but not Mm -hmm. much before the baby's out so if you're ready Mm -hmm. to push and feel the urge they sometimes have you not push which i don't think is a great idea usually but the question is assuming everybody's there who's supposed to be there Mm -hmm. um you're kind of wondering, you were even asking like mechanically, just how do I do it? What What yeah. is the answer to that? How well, do you address that? I address it as um, if you are, uh, that's why we do sit back at birth and just let the mother's body do what it needs to do. Because um, if we are counting and yelling and pushing, you know, um, we want we're engaging the neocortex and if we can keep the mama out of her neocortex into her primal brain then she doesn't have to think to do anything her body just does it exactly how it's meant to happen and she gets in the proper position whether it's on hands and knees or whatever her body feels is the best position to push her baby out then you can um then you don't have to think about it. Then you can just allow your body to open and you can allow the um, fetal ejection reflex to happen, which is like a sneeze. It's like you can't help it. You can't stop it if it's coming, but you can't force it if it's not. Hmm. So um, so I was just, you know, we, we hear a difference in the sound that a woman makes when she's starting to push. And normally that's when I get them in the tub if they want a water birth because mm-hmm. it's the best time to get them in the tub. That's why I call them aquadurals. Aquadurals. So get, get them in the tub then. and then Aquadurl can... sounds like a superhero. Yeah, aquadurl. Man. It is like a superhero because <laughs> you, you um, go in, you, the mother can get into the proper position that's pro- that feels good to, for her. Yeah. And then um, you just allow your body to... Um, to do what's naturally coming within you. So you've you've told me that you you're going for a natural birth, yeah. which is great because then you'll be able to feel what those urges are and then you have an amazing doula that's coming in to help yeah. you. Um, I like her. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, <laughs> My wife. And um uh, so if she you know keep everything quiet, keep mm-hmm. everything really um just the slow. lights down and slow yeah. and just let your body do what it needs to do then you don't have to push. The baby will just come down. That's what the contractions are. It's your uterus um, helping, pushing the baby out on its own. That's what well, the muscle I know does. When to push, like mm-hmm. you said, when the when the baby comes down, it's I, it's like I think it's a such. A, and here I am thinking about it, right? But mm-hmm. like trying to know something that I've never experienced mm-hmm. before. Yeah, and people are pretty um, can be pretty scared because they feel like they're gonna tear. Some people yeah. have told me I feel like I'm, you know, a baby's coming out of my butt. Right. A lot of people say that. <laughs> right. You know, if somebody would have just told me, I felt like they were coming out of my butt. But um, so, you know, I've so my midwife told me she's like, just get in the tub and make a big caca. It's like the biggest caca you've ever made in your entire life. You oh, know? <laughs> where are you from? That was my Cuban midwife in Alzugra with my first. So I was like, what do I do? So you really just, um, you know, the only instruction that I really do give a mama is um, at the very end, and this is from the great Ina Mae Gaskin, and and when you feel the baby crowning, Mm -hmm. you feel that stretching of your tissue, the burning or the ring of fire, fire. as they call it, which is 
you know, a terrible word name, totally. but, <laughs> but it's, you know, and it's intense stretching, then, um, then you blow through your lips. That's right. Okay. Just blow through your lips because. Horse lips. Yeah. You cannot tense up your bottom. If you tense up your bottom, then everything tenses up. If you blow through your lips, you can relax your bottom. You can relax your perineum. And then the baby with the ejection reflex just, come just comes out and you don't tear. So, okay. This is too good. We need yeah. to, we need to get more. Because yeah. inquiring, <laughs> why, first of all, you talked about the fetal ejection reflex. You mm -hmm. talked about the neocortex. We have mm -hmm. to explain some things. And okay. I think there's still more. I think Megan still has more questions. So we're going to come back and we're going to do another episode on pushing. And uh, I want you to know, by the way, I'm going to probably be uncomfortable during your birth because yeah. my wife will be with you, which means I got to run the household, which is way <laughs> so out of my, my comfort fault. zone. Yeah. So <laughs> if you can make it snappy, that'd be wonderful. Um, comments below. What was pushing like for you? What, what can you share with our, our other viewers and with Megan and uh, come back and see what happens for pushing part two. Welcome back to The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. We're here with Megan and Mari Oxenberg from Birthwell, certified nurse midwife, although everybody knows you don't have to be a nurse to be a great midwife. Uh, in between the break, we were all practicing our horse lips. And I'll tell you what, I feel a lot better when I do it. So thank you. Uh, we were talking about pushing and a few things came up. One was the fetal ejection reflex that Mari mentioned, which is, is that a Michelle O'Donnell term? Did he coin that term? Uh, I believe so. Because yeah. there's a bunch of reflexes. But there's a sperm ejection reflex and there's mm -hmm. the female introjection reflex during, of course, that brings the sperm out and then back into the uh, woman's body. Then there's the milk ejection reflex. Mm -hmm. The placenta, does that have its own ejection reflex? Probably. There's a lot of ejection <laughs> reflexes going on. Yes. So, um, but I, I feel like I remember him describing it as once the fetal ejection reflex mm -hmm. takes place, it just kind of, it just, the baby just comes down. Your body literally ejects the baby. Yeah, um, exactly. And then you talked about the neocortex, which is the part of a brain that other animals don't have. It gives us the ability to do things that they can't do and one of them is to get in our own way because we can overthink things so i think you were talking about your tip mm -hmm. for staying out of the neocortex might be to not even coach at all no coaching exactly it's just as quiet and as you know if anything i'm just whispering to mama like good job you got this you're almost there mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it you know except for then when she starts to crown i'll say all right you know, blow through your lips. Just let the baby's head sit on your perineum for and stretch mm -hmm. the tissue. Don't, um, I was, you know, Don't blast the baby out. You know, yeah. just hold the baby back just a little bit to um, let your tissue stretch and open. And mm -hmm. then with the next contraction, then just allow the baby to come out with that ejection reflex. That's that last um, urge that your body does to push, expel the baby from your body. Do you have other tips for not tearing? At that I point? do, yeah. I do, and this came from an uh, amazing doctor, Doctor Green, up in. Um, he's a he's an obstetrician. He's since retired in Santa Barbara Cottage Hospital, and he told this to um, a dear friend of mine who um, was a very tiny, petite woman, and she had a ten pound baby at her first birth and didn't tear. Wow! And I was like, what? That's How is awesome. that possible? Yeah. And she said because Doctor Green told her to put um, starting at thirty seven <laughs> weeks to insert a borage oil capsule. Um, into her vagina at night, um, every night until the baby's born, starting at 37 weeks. And what all does the, that do? Um, well, there's 
it melts in your body and it mm-hmm. um, distributes the prostaglandins of the borage oil, which I think just makes everything soft and supple and get, starts uh, ripening your cervix and makes your tissues really um, soft and able to open and stretch. Stretchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it stretchy. So we have been it doing that with, that with my Amazon clients. Prime. It's time for that. So <laughs> I've been doing that with my clients Mara's for oil. many yeah. years. I rarely ever have to suture. And if I do, it's just minor. Really? Yeah. Sometimes uh, I see at a birth, either the midwife or doctor will be doing this massage with yeah, oil. I'm really glad you brought that up because it's not evidence-based. And it okay. actually um, has been shown to cause tearing. So what? even though they're very well-meaning and they want to do something to help you, everybody wants to help the mama, you know, in the hospital. But that the oil and the mm-hmm. massage with the oil as the baby's coming out, that actually increases the tearing. No kidding. So um, hands off the perineum will protect the perineum. During the birth. What about the birth. Um, what about leading up to where the partners are doing perineal massage? Now that that shows to um, to actually help to do it ahead of time, sort of prepare your body for that intensity of the stretching and the perineal massage is a really big misnomer because there's nothing massage about that. But it's when you take like coconut oil or or olive oil or some kind of um, edible oil that you massage, you know, the the partner usually will massage the perineum um, and stretch it really pressing down on the perineum if this is your vagina, pressing down um, and then releasing. And the mother breathes through it and breathes through the sensation of stretching. And I found it absolutely horrible when, with my I've first. Yeah. And I was like, this is terrible. And so a friend of mine who was a midwife, she was like, Mari, just have hard sex. It's like the same thing. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I tell my clients. Well, it's your choice, you whatever. Actually, i got to tell I you, some of, the, some of the patients, when they get to the end of the uh, pregnancy, I feel like would prefer that yeah. perineal massage than the hard sex. Yeah. Well, we always say uh, what gets the baby in gets the baby out. So. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Makes Ew. sense. Mm-hmm. Unless Makes you have sense. IVF. Yeah. That's true. Uh, that's a hard way to get the baby out. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have questions? Um, I think just this whole how to, like, how, how do I get out of my own way when mm. it's time to push or let my body do what it needs to do. Cause I feel like I've read so much and I'm really curious and actually wanting to maybe become a doula myself. And so I'm mm-hmm. really interested in all of this. And yet I know that when I'm up here and not in my body, mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. slow things down. Well, what I did personally in, um, when I was having my babies and those thoughts do come in like you the fear thoughts come in yeah. and this is going to take forever I don't I can't do this all those thoughts that come in here I just blow them away with my breath and I um and I just think to myself surrender 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 yeah and just focus on that surrender and that's when I see hear a mother's voice go up when I instruct you know I mm-hmm. always te- the breathing that we do in my birth is just long deep sounds with and every lower. contraction low right. deep yeah. sounds a deep breath and because it's impossible to tense up the body when mm-hmm. you're making that low deep sound with mm-hmm. the contractions um, or the surges so um that's what I instruct moms to do and and then I always know when they're they're afraid or something is popping in their head because their sound goes up, their voice goes mm. up, oh, yeah. higher pitch, they're tightening and they're scared. Oh. Yeah. And mm. so I just say, blow away the fear. You don't need it. You know, and the, 
you're blowing and you know it's and it's so cute so um we just you know you just it's just I'll remember process. that that it's cute it's, it's yeah, cute it's cute yeah. blow it if you're she's reframing it it's a, it's a little spin yeah so you're cute this is really cute <laughs> not gonna happen can't forever. believe how cute this is <laughs> Yeah, and then um, and that's what really helped me is just surrender, mm-hmm. surrender, surrender. You know, and you remember that in yourself, just to let go, just let go of any thoughts that are stopping you or you know getting in your way, and yeah. just allow your body to do what it needs to do because your body knows exactly what to do. I also think because you know that you get in your head, yeah, you'll I'm recognize it, it and yeah, be aware totally. of it. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll have an easier time getting out of your head. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes tricks that I use at birth are music, like mm-hmm. especially music with a lot of words that are meaningful to you and you know the words. Yeah. So just put in earbuds and close your eyes and just you end up mouthing the words along the music. It's funny because I just, we packed our hospital bag like Oh, this past weekend, but I forgot earphones and I Duh, like right. I'm so be- glad you're here. Yeah, but I, no, I just won't be did cute. it right before I came oh, okay. here. Yeah. Luckily, so. so the music, and then <laughs> even at that birth that Mari and I just did recently, um, she liked the drum music. Just really the rhythm. I mean, there were hours of just drumming going on, and it just really seemed to help her calm down a lot. Mm-hmm. Another thing awesome. I love about home birth versus hospital birth. Sorry about this, but no, is the food. Home birth has the best food, and hospital birth has Jello. Just saying. If you're thinking about home versus food. hospital, you are. Yeah, you're gonna stay have, home anyway for a long time. I'm gonna stay home as so, long as I can. Yeah. But we have, we've got, we got our back stashed with. Oh. Yeah. Well, but I'll not as. Good I'll have as dinner like waiting for Alyssa when she comes home. But if she's stuffed <laughs> from your hospital bag, then. <laughs> I'll understand. I don't know if it'll be that good. I have one last question. This I get this question all the time. How long can someone expect pushing to take on a first birth? Mm. Ooh, good question. Um, I've seen anywhere from three hours to 20 minutes. Uh, it just depends on, I think, uh, really being able to get into a position that works for your body. So it's kind of tricky in a hospital, but um, they can move the bed around and the bed up and the feet down. And so I've even seen moms um, pushing in the hospital on hands and knees. That's what I, I think, think your that, doctor's okay with I think that. That's, that's what cool. I want to do. I did a birth with her not too long ago. Really? And um, I think she was definitely okay with some alternative positions, not just flat on your back great. with your legs. Because in the air. that's because so. even just I've been doing hands and knees in yoga mm-hmm. and just to relieve like some lower back pain. And I that's like one of my favorite. Yeah. positions now so it's a great way um okay. it also helps protect the perineum too good um because the head isn't coming through the perineum but up you know on top of the perineum if you're leaning forward mm-hmm. so that's really wonderful wow thank you mari for joining us and sharing those tips from <laughs> years of attending birth and uh, megan you feel better yeah a little no, more prepared i'm gonna amazon good. prime the Oil. I think we all are. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Um, if you have any tips for how to avoid tearing, or if you want to share your comments or stories with us and our viewers, join the conversation and leave your comments below. Don't forget to like our episode so other people can find it and share us with your friends and followers. Well, we're almost at the big day. Join us on the next episode when Megan comes back and shares her birth experience with us. You can see all the episodes of The Real Midwives online at therealmidwives.com or on YouTube at youtube.com slash therealmidwives.